0: Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe.
1: What's up, Gym Lords? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. My name is Bree. I will be your host today, and I'm here with Brooke from Plank Fitness. She's got five locations in um, Missouri, Nebraska, and Oklahoma. What's up, Brooke? How are you today? Hi, Bree. Thanks for having me on. Yes, absolutely. Thank you for taking the time to join us. All right. So let's jump right into the details here without wasting any time. What is it that made you want to own your own gym? How did you get started? What's the backstory there?
2: Uh, Yeah, I think um, I never wanted to own my own gym. I certainly never, you know, grew up thinking I'm going to be a fitness instructor or a gym owner as a child. Um, I actually was, I, I, Children really, really young. So I had twins at 24, and then a few years later, I thought it would be a great idea to have another one. <laughs> um, we had three under three. My husband at the time was a resident in well medical school, and then following resident um, and fellow, and really working out became kind of my one hour of for me kind of alone my therapy my get it all out and so I really started um finding these I was really into CrossFit really into CrossFit Olympic lifting um I was kind of a follower of the workout like kill me back it off a little kind of a thing I mean yeah. I got one hour in my day for me I really needed to make it everything um, and then I got injured and I kind of had to take a step back from the high impact type of workout and total happenstance, moving my younger brother into, um, a new house in Kansas city. And I had heard about this new workout that we didn't currently have in St. Louis. Um, it's called Legree fitness. It's what my gyms now do. And I took a class and left the class kind of thinking, what was that? Like, what was that exercise? What was that hour? I mean, it was one of those, like, I couldn't stand up the next day, the intercostal muscles in my ribs were sore, just a soreness that I had never experienced. And I went back home and said, you know, I really think that there's an opportunity here. And if, if we don't bring this to the St. Louis market, I think someone else will. And a year later, we opened um, our first studio.
1: Wow. That's awesome. Good for you. Um, now give us a little bit of detail around your business model, how you structure things within the business. What are you offering? Are we doing classes, semi-privates, one-on-ones? What does that all look like?
2: Yeah, sure. Um, so Legree Fitness, just in case any of your listeners aren't familiar with it, um, if we think about fitness and workouts on a continuum, Legree occupies a place like no other. So, if you think on the one side of your boot camps, your HIT, your Olympic lifting, um, I would even say like a marathon running. This is all high intensity, high impact. And on the other end of the spectrum, you have your Pilates, your bar, your yoga. I would put physical therapy on that side of it as well. So, kind of your no impact or low impact, low intensity. So, Legree Fitness occupies the, the middle. So, it's super high intensity, the hardest thing you've ever done, but no impact to the body. Um, we run classes all day long. So it's small group fitness. Our largest studio is 15 people. Our smallest is 12. Um, we run classes as early as five 30 in the morning and as late as six and seven o'clock at night and everywhere in between. We do offer privates. We have a lot of individuals that come to us from a standard Pilates background and that Pilates is a lot more often done one-on-one, so we do offer privates um, during kind of our off times when we're not offering our group classes.
1: Got it. Okay, very cool. Very interesting. It's not something that I'm familiar with either, and is this something that's more new within the industry? You're the first Gym owner that I've spoken to that owns this type of gym, so uh-huh. and I talk to thousands and thousands of gyms. Sure. So good for you for you know separating yourselves and and doing something new and different and maybe even up and coming within the industry. So very it's one
2: cool. The fastest group fitness uh, modalities in the world, I believe. I don't know how you know that data is arrived at too, but it yeah, is. yeah, it's, vastly, it's growing. It's definitely growing. Um, Legree was born in the early 2000s. So I would say maybe, okay. you know, 25 years old. Mm-hmm. It's Sebastian Legree is the founder. He started it in LA. Um, it's a licensed model, so it's not a franchise. So, um, you know, there's a lot of varying. It's not, it's not uh studio by studio. It looks different and it mm-hmm. can feel different. Got it. Okay.
1: All right. So now as far as membership goes, how many members are you currently serving? Obviously, this is going to differ between locations, um, but on average within the studios.
2: So this is always an interesting and tricky question because we have a lot of drop-in classes and we have a lot of pack purchaser clients. Um, So I guess I would have to ask what the definition of member is because I think when we talk member to me, that's an auto kind of pay every yes, month,
1: like a reoccurring.
2: Right, right, membership. right. Yeah. yeah. So how
1: many, how many do you have on reoccurring memberships? I guess is a better question.
2: Sure. I would say that we probably have close to a thousand recurring memberships, but those recurring memberships only make up about 25 to 30% of our client population and base. So our mm-hmm. membership model really is a small percentage of our overall quote members.
1: Okay. And why is that? Why is there such a difference between the amount of people that are on recurring memberships and then people either dropping in or doing packages or?
2: That's a great question. I'm not sure. Um, I think that agree for a lot of people and coming into plank for a lot of people, um, For some humans, it is their thing. They do it every day. This is their workout. But I think for a lot of other humans, it exists as kind of an accessory workout. So, you know, we have a handful, more than a handful. We have a bunch of yogis that come in and this is their strength, right? Like Mm -hmm. they do this for their strength day. But then conversely, we have individuals who are CrossFit Games athletes who come in and this is their off day workout where they really kind of get to see these, um, imbalances in the body in a way that's more intense than say a yoga for that person we have individuals who are ultra marathoners coming to us off injury that this becomes an extension of their physical therapy um we've worked with pelvic floor specialists we have different i mean i think that you really we see a whole lot of individuals where you know i'm a runner or, you know, whatever it is, like that is what they're passionate about. And then this becomes their once or twice or three time a week kind of accessory workout.
1: Got it. Okay. Um, and so how are you on the marketing side of things, getting the word out there to people to draw in new memberships Mm -hmm. and, and really kind of blow this thing up essentially.
2: Yeah, that's an excellent question. And it's one that we struggle with all the time. I think that that would probably be our, uh, Pain point is a tough word to say. I'm not sure we're, we're very successful. We have full classes. Um, but just like you, no one knows about it. Like, what is this? Right? right. And then you come in expecting maybe a bar or a Pilates class, and it's really incredibly hard, or maybe you expect something, you know, different because a lot of people have never seen this machine. They've never done the workout. So just that education piece is really, really, really huge for us. Um We are on social media a lot in terms of ads through Facebook and um, Instagram. Our conversion rate is mind-blowing. I mean, we've worked with multiple different marketing companies in the past before we took it all in-house, and I think both kind of looked at us like, this is crazy that you can convert that many people. So we often give in these ads um, a two-week or a four-week, depending on the market, um, Mm -hmm. free come in for free, check it out. And we know that once you take, you know, five, six, seven classes over the course of two to four weeks that you become hooked and, and they become a client.
1: Okay. So is it just the amount of people that are coming through the door? Is not necessarily enough to meet where you would like it to be? Or why would you kind of, you said it's not really a a pain point, but it's kind of something that is a challenge.
2: Sure, it's something that we just can't let go. It's one of the it's one of the balls that could never be dropped, if that makes sense. We um, we track our first visits and that retention rate as um, one of our kind of gold standards on where we are, and we adjust ads and markets accordingly if they drop um, week over week. Um, it's just something that we have to really stay on top of, knowing that we are in a place that education and getting new people in the door is just incredibly important.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So on a weekly basis, on average, how many new faces would you say that you're seeing?
2: Uh, we see per studio a few hundred first visits per month. So okay. that would break down to about 30 per week.
3: Got it. Okay. So
2: per yeah, studio. Huh?
1: quite a bit then. And so how, how many of those are converting into paying members?
2: Uh, I think that it, it fluctuates, obviously, month over month and also market to market, but it's always in the 80% range.
1: Okay. All right. And what does your sales process look like? So you said they're typically coming in on, you know, like a, a two-week trial period, after that I mean how are you actually getting them to convert into memberships because it's interesting because I'm not a huge fan of a low barrier offer right I don't like a free sure. week I don't like a free class I don't like a free I was with anything you. typically you know so and it works for some and then others it really doesn't work for so I can see where it would work for you in being something that people aren't necessarily familiar with, right. And wanting to come in and experience it a little bit. Uh, but a lot of times people don't have as high of a conversion rate when they do a low barrier offer. So what does your no skin
2: in the game, right? What's that? I mean, there's no skin in the game. If you exactly. offer free. You have like a 50, 50 chance if they're even going to show up, there's no yes. accountability there. Right. right. Yeah. So, I
1: mean, let's start even there and getting them to actually show up with like the lead nurture process. What does that look like for you? How are you actually getting them in the doors? And then what does your process look like from there?
2: Sure. So backing that up even further we spend a full day every december in setting our goals for the following year and about three years ago we really really focused on our client journey so from start to finish in every single touch point that we have with that client from how they're welcomed into the studio how our front desk our client experience um welcomes them what we give them how the studio feels from the texts that they receive, the emails that they receive. So really, really focused on that client journey. And it really starts long before they ever get to the studio. So um, those funnels are all built out. So it all depends on where it is we found you, where it is we picked you up. So whether that's, you know, did you come to our website and sign up for newsletters? Did you go to the website and create an account or download our app and create an account, but then never take a class or Mm -hmm. did you fill out the form on facebook and had a month for free but then never redeemed it so depending on kind of where you found us and where you entered in is going to dictate the funnel then which you kind of fall into Mm -hmm. Um, so if you come to us on one of those two weeks and it's been five days and you haven't booked a class you're going to get a few emails you'll likely get a few texts from us our front desk is trained to send texts Um, we're obviously a business, so there are sales and sales goals, but it is not maybe as hard sale as some of the other franchises that exist out there.
1: Mm -hmm. So, I mean, you have a system in place.
2: Oh, yes.
1: And that's super important because a lot of gyms, a lot of studios don't, a lot of people are afraid to automate things because they don't want it to sound Um, you know, like it's not personal or like, it's not a real person or whatever, but it's like, you know, would you rather automate something and have some point of contact with people or get caught up on the floor training? These leads come in, these people that are interested in you either reach out to them a week later or not at all. Or would you rather automate something and, and have some type of contact there? You know, yes. it's like, yes. it's so important. It's important.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, and market research exists for a reason. I mean, a client has a life cycle. And right. if you don't touch point that client in that life cycle, we know them to be lost. Yes. And it's also incredibly more expensive and time consuming to have a new client come in than one that is already in the door. So, yes. you know.
1: Yes, much, much cheaper to keep a client when we're talking about retention as well, you know, same kind of right, idea right. there yeah. within the studio than it is to acquire a new one. And, <laughs> you know, if you are constantly acquiring new clients and getting new leads, it's like those are costing you money. So you might as well direct as much attention there as you can on the front end mm-hmm. to actually give these people to convert into memberships uh, as you can, you know, so yeah. that's, that's huge. Now you mentioned something in there as well with the sales process, you know, you said, obviously we are a business, so we need to make sales. Right. And that's something that's huge that I also like to talk about because there are so many gym owners, so many personal trainers that just say, well, I'm not a salesperson or I, I don't do sales or sales aren't my thing. And it's like, okay, well, let's not look at it like that. Why did you open a gym?
2: You, I don't think you can be an entrepreneur and not be a quote salesperson.
1: Right. Uh, Right. Well, I mean, it's like, you sell yourself every day. It's like, how did you get the building that you're in? You know, how did you, how did you pitch your idea to your, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Your landlord, if you have a landlord or, you know, what does your business plan look like? Like there, there are so many things that you're selling on a daily basis. But the thing is, is like when you're in a gym, do you want to help people or do you not want to help people? Because the only reason I see an issue with the sales process is that if you don't believe in what you're doing is actually going to help people. Mm -hmm. If you believe in what you're doing and you know, it's going to help people. What's salesy about that? It's like you either help them or you don't. Right. So, and if they walk out the door and they don't become a member at your gym, then you're not helping them. And then at the end of the day, it's like, well, are you doing your job?
2: Yeah. Yes. You know. And
1: it's like, it's this people get so caught up in this salesy sales process. And it's like, okay, we're going to help them or we're not. Right. It's like when you go to the doctor and they prescribe you something, it's like, they help you. Uh That's it. Right. And if you have to pay for it, you pay for it because You need the help. Right. It's simple. Everybody overcomplicates it all the time and gets so caught up in that. And then they get in their own heads and it's like, they can't sign a membership, you know? So that's a a huge part of it. And it's like at the end of the day, if you're not selling memberships, your doors are not going to stay open.
2: Right. So, (laughs) I mean, policies exist for a reason, right? Right. I mean, Yeah. From start to finish. But, but I also think that we broke apart our, so we have an instructor for every class Mm -hmm. and we have someone at our front desk who we call a member of our client experience team. Mm -hmm. Um, Both individuals types of our employees can sell something. And if they sell something, they also get commission. So we, I mean, we also incentivize people to sell. So you sell, so you might not say, you know we might not say hey your goal today is to sell $8000 period go we you know it doesn't we're not i'm not going to call you 24 times nobody wants to be called 24 times right. to buy something right but if you offer someone you know 10 12 15 dollars an hour plus incentives based on sales well that ends up you know not a terrible hourly hourly job so
1: right Exactly. Yeah. And incentivizing people is huge as well, right? It's like, if there's a a benefit for them there at the end of the day, you know, we're all out for ourselves and the benefit that we can gain, you know, whether we like to admit it or not, you know, it's just kind of how we're wired. So if you can incentivize them and and give them a a pretty good commission rate, then that makes a difference as well. Mm Um, I used to offer, uh, in my gym, I used to offer 10%, Commission on all sales, you know, yeah. and it's like at the end of the week, they'd be doubling sometimes more than doubling their paychecks. So it makes a big difference as far as incentivizing people to actually put a little work in, learn a little bit about sales and it's all psychology, at the end of the day.
2: Correct. Well, and then you also can strategically hire, right? So then, when you're interviewing people to work that front desk, to, to it's a sales job, and you right. can make up to X without a glass ceiling, right? Exactly. Like you can make as much as you want. You want to get in there and run some reports and send some text to our animated system. Have at it. Mm-hmm. Have at it. I want. I want you to do that too. I would tell right. you to do that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Exactly. Exactly. There's no cap on that,
1: right? The more people right. that you can bring in, the better. Right. So that's perfect. Yeah. Um, Now, one thing I always love to ask about, if you could snap your fingers and improve something within the business instantly at the drop of a hat, what would that be?
2: Ooh, um, that is an excellent question. And one in which I have not been asked, improve something. Um... I would say probably our turnover for employees. I mean, it's, um, it's similar. We're in the service industry, right? It's a very transient industry. It's similar to waiting tables and bartending and, um, people come, people go for most of our employees. This is their side hustle. It's not the thing, paying the bills and putting food on the table. And, life happens changes in life happens people have babies kids new jobs um, their shifts change maybe if they're in healthcare, they are in school starting school graduating school and because of that it's been something that um, you know it's there's turnover there's constant turnover we've We've built out systems so that we're playing more offensive than defense, knowing that it is going to keep happening. And we know this to be true, um, but that's what I would love to improve. If I could hold every one of my employees forever, yeah. uh, not my fingers, I'm snapping.
1: I know, I know. That's definitely something that across the board within this industry many many gym owners struggle with but you know putting some of those systems in place for incentivizing them like we talked about before helps Mm -hmm. you know if you can get to a point where you can provide Mm -hmm. them um with you know health insurance and uh, things of that nature that make things a little bit more sticky um that can help as well so Uh, now, are you looking to open more locations? Are you looking to add to the five? What's the okay. what's the vision and the goal there.
2: Always and forever. So when we first started, um, the goal was to be the premier Legree fitness studio in the Midwest. Um, I travel a lot and I work out when I'm traveling and it was very frustrating to go to take a class and it'd be so wildly different in one place than another. That always really bummed me out. So my goal was to open planks all throughout the Midwest so that when somebody, someone of our clients came in, they knew exactly the type of class and the type of, instructor and the type of training that human received and what they were going to get from studio to studio that our exercises are called the same things that they have a consistent um, client experience experience when they come into the studio Um, so we're always looking to grow yes for sure
1: absolutely and what needs to happen for you to get to the next level to open more studios
2: Um, I have three kiddos, right? And every time I open a new studio, it's obviously time away from my family, my children, personal life. Um, we're looking at Northwest Arkansas. So hopefully that will be our sixth studio coming online early next year is the plan in Rogers right between Bentonville and Fayetteville. Um, Yeah, I think it's, and commercial real estate's crazy right now. I mean, you know, to find a good space, a space that hits our market, our demographic is tough. I mean, we, to open town and country, we lost uh, LOI after LOI after LOI. It was a constant. And and I also am a female small business owner. So, you know, as a landlord, especially in centers that are run by these huge corporations, they see me or they say, see Sephora. They're they're going to pick Sephora every time, right? right. Mm-hmm. So it's a challenge. It's a challenge yeah. finding the right place and the right location and the right zip code. Um, You know, it's a constant.
1: Right. Yeah, absolutely. And post COVID from a lot of gym owners, I've heard that, finding, I mean, a lot of gym owners are actually looking to expand right now because over 40% of gyms closed. A lot of the gyms that stayed open are kind of absorbing all of the people. Mm -hmm. They all need a place to go, right? So a lot of gym owners are looking to expand right now or open another location or grow, and they're having trouble finding the space because a lot of landlords don't even want to rent to gym owners at this point in time because the last two years have been so crazy. So. Uh Definitely uh, a challenge there
2: as well. Um, yeah. That's and how we opened our third studio in St. Louis. I mean, we had these double-digit wait lists. And when yeah. you find yourself 28th on the wait list for a class that's only 14, I can't make more 930 classes, right? right. So I can put a class at one, but if 930 is going to be it for here, I, we've got to find more space. Right. So I get that. Yeah.
1: Absolutely. And you actually go out and launch the studios when they open yourself. We do. Yeah. That's awesome. Yes. Yeah. That's awesome. Very cool. And do you have like a, um, a training that you do with the people in that studio for, uh, an allotted amount of time? Is it like a two week thing that you go out there for? How do you structure that?
2: Sure. So we're speaking about the instructor side of things or our client experience team side of things. Um, I mean, I
1: guess both, right? If you, if you structure those differently, how does that work?
2: Wildly differently. Yeah. So Yeah. Um, we run an instructor training typically three times a year. So we build it out to recruit and find new instructors. There's a kind of a month to six week pre-training process. Our actual training in the studio is four to five days. Um, we've held trainings it all of our locations. So kind of depending on where the most people are coming from is where we tend to hold those trainings. And then there's a post-period training. So there's a couple of weeks of practicing, a couple of weeks of kind of these close to the public classes, and then a handful of weeks of open and free, what we call community classes, um, you know, until they get their feet underneath them. They go through a studio training with their client experience manager who runs our studios so that when they... Um, you know, show up, they can help their front desk, their client experience employee to sell items, to check people into class. They can sell memberships. Um, They're able to do all of those things, but the expectation is not that they are the point person of doing those things. Right. Um, Our client experience managers go through a couple months of training as well. And then our front desk employees or with our CE team, we call them, they go through video training kind of on the back end of our systems, then they will do an in-studio training and then a few shadow shifts before they hit their, um, you know, their kind of set schedule.
1: Got it. Okay. Love that. Again, systems in place for that, which is
2: huge. Always. Yes. Yes
1: yes the amount of gyms that don't have any type of systems in place for anything is mind-blowing and it's just it's so much easier right it's like once you define exactly what it is that you need you create a system around that the thing is everything has to be repeatable right and if it's not repeatable then you can't you can't grow right you can't scale because then you end up having to do everything all the time by yourself and that's where A lot of gym owners get stuck because they can't ever find somebody to replace what it is that they're doing to be able to actually step out and get to that next level. So that's a huge bottleneck for a lot of people. So, always good to hear about having some good solid systems in place for multiple parts of the business. Mm -hmm. So, um, now one thing I like to ask about before we start to wrap up here is what is One of, because I'm sure that there are many, one of the most important things that you've learned throughout your time in ownership within this industry.
2: Uh, Sure, I think that I have had to, I think I've overcorrected and found Sometimes when we find kind of a pain point or a weakness or an opportunity, if you will, we then overcorrect and have to kind of recalibrate. Mm -hmm. So there was a point in which we were very numbers based and numbers driven and kind of really focusing in on this objective data and numbers only get you so far, especially in a people industry. So um, there's been kind of some self-correction and will likely happen again when we kind of over-systematize or over-operationalize and mm-hmm. having go back to what are our core values? What does that look like? What does it look like to love one's community and to show up in this side hustle and have fun, right? I mean, if your core value is fun, we have to make it fun and sell uh-huh. spreadsheets are not fun. So you know, <laughs> I think it's that like overcorrection of of coming back and recalibrating and focusing back on why do we start this place? What what is the magic of this place? And you know, constantly kind of rethinking about that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's uh it's something that's constantly happening, right? And it's like the pendulum kind of swings one yeah. way and then it swings too far the other way and it's like okay now we've got to find that balance within the middle but that's all part of growing and figuring it out as you go uh so not being afraid to make those changes and have the pendulum swing too far in the other direction is important as well because that's what we need to do to figure it out and get it to where it needs to be so definitely an important piece there all right awesome so as we start to wrap up here where can the listeners find you on social media
2: Yeah. Plank Fitness everywhere. So at Plank Fitness, Instagram, Plank Fitness, uh, Facebook. We are also on Twitter. Uh, We have an app both for Android and iPhone in the app store um, and then PlankFitness.com.
1: Perfect. All righty. So Brooke from Plank Fitness in Missouri, Nebraska, and Oklahoma currently expanding hopefully arkansas soon yes (laughs) awesome thank you so much for taking the time to join us today it's been so great having you on the show thanks so much great absolutely to all the listeners out there make sure that you subscribe so that you'll be updated on future episodes of the show in the meantime keep killing it out there we'll catch you on the flip side jim lords out
0: thank you for listening to this interview but don't go anywhere we still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode
4: what's up everyone welcome back to another episode of the Jim lords podcast i will be your host today my name is brooke joining me on the show is dave from steelhead fitness in sweet home oregon welcome dave how are you today good thanks i'm excited to have you here to learn more about what you have going on i want to first off like start by thanking you you know it's bright and early over there and you're joining us spending some time giving back to the industry appreciate uh, you for that um before we dive into the nitty-gritty of the business and what you have going on give us a little bit of background you know what was it that made you decide to open up this facility
5: so um I I decided to open up this facility because I love my wife um I I was so we started out as a partnership actually I won't go into all the details but um there were five of us, uh, two couples and a single, um, and uh, we had actually, my wife and I had uh, actually approached the the previous owners uh, two years prior to actually becoming um, a partnership. Um, they had turned us down and uh, I was quite relieved because I really didn't want to get into the fitness business. Um, and then two years later, uh, one of our partners said, hey, they're closing the gym, and they're gonna offer us the, the equipment at pennies on the dollar. Um, are you in? I'm like, well, you know, maybe we could sell it <laughs> and make some money. Um, but, uh, I, I really went into it super reluctant. I did not want to get into a partnership and I did not want to own my own business. So there, here we are 16 years later. Um, my wife and I are the sole owners. I'm pretty much the sole operator and I love it. And I wouldn't, I uh, wouldn't go back. So, um, yeah, it's a s- small town. It was the only gym in town. Uh, they was it was run down. Uh, my partner really just wanted to stay in the gym. He was a six to seven day a week gym rat, and he wanted some people to help him keep it open. Uh, and that's kind of how it started. Uh, but honestly, um, from my background uh, working with corporate, um, if I was going to be involved, I wanted to be. I wanted to be professional. I wanted to be very service oriented. Uh, so i wanted uh, to provide something good for the small town um and that's kind of how uh, i launched into it um before the first year was up uh, i became the manager uh and managing my set of partners it was interesting because we were um it was like herding cats because it, we were all the owners trying to run um the business and at the time we all had our own jobs mm-hmm. um So it was, uh, it was fun to say the least. Um, One of the, one of the hesitations I had with it was, uh, you know, everyone thought it would be fun to run gym. And I said, yeah, it'll be fun for about three months and then you'll get tired of it. And (laughs) that's kind of how it went. But um, you know, like I said, it's been something good. We've grown the business. Uh, It's become uh, kind of a, an anchor point here within our community. Um, and so, uh, you know, we just we just want to continue to to grow and raise awareness of um, you know, how good health uh, provides a better quality of life all the way around. So that's that's where we're at.
4: Absolutely. What a journey. <laughs> Funny how things happen, right? Now here you are and you you love it and you're really happy. Um for our listeners, give us your elevator pitch of Steel Steel Head Fitness kind of who you are, what services you provide. Obviously, all gyms are a little bit different and operate a little bit differently. So kind of want to understand what you have going on over there.
5: Uh, so at Fitness is a 24-hour, um, day week uh, fitness club that uh, is, you know, it's your everyday average uh, person's gym. So, um, you know, we don't have any elite athletes. Uh, you know, we have Moms and dads and kids and grandparents Um, and you know we're just here keeping them moving and um, you know helping them understand uh, you know how how it works the dynamics of um, you know living a healthy lifestyle uh, and why that's um, important to um, your everyday quality of life. Uh, We provide uh, group fitness classes. We have um, virtual, um, you know. Although we currently don't have uh, trainers, uh, our staff is available to help people, um, you know, and then, of course, we have uh, some technology uh, like the active tracks uh, we were talking about earlier before the podcast um, that uh, that is available for people. Uh, So, you know, we want to make sure that, you know, we're not just here to rent equipment, but we're here to provide a service for people and and really help them on their fitness training.
4: Absolutely. And I like that. Uh, take a lot because not everybody can just kind of work out in that sort of equipment rental sort of space I know for me personally like I could never walk into a gym just like be motivated enough to figure out how to do something on my own I thrive in a different environment like with a trainer with a group Um, and I like that you offer that, uh, the group training side of things for your clients. And you also have the Accutrax thing, which is sort of like personal training for your, for your members, um, for the group fitness side of things. Like how many classes do you guys have going on every week? Is that a big part of Steelhead or is it kind of one of the smaller things that you have to offer?
5: Unfortunately, it's a smaller thing. We've tried over the years to boost it, um, and, and get more people involved because, you know, group fitness is, uh, is really the most fun way um, to stay active and to stay accountable. Um, But it's always been a struggle here. And I'm not, I'm not really sure. It's just the the demographic. We've had some, you know, pretty incredible instructors over the years. um, And it kind of ebbs and flows. I know uh, I currently teach a hit class. It's a functional training hit class. Um, And, you know, it's seen anywhere from, you know, waiting lists to you know, one or two people, um, depending on the time of year and uh, just the the cycles that we we tend to go through.
4: Interesting. And so uh, do you guys offer, you know, we talked about this off air a little bit, but for our listeners, do you guys offer any personal training right now? Is that a part of the business? Because I know like in a model, in a business model like this, where, you know, we have people coming in and doing their own thing and that's a pretty heavy part of, you know, our business, it does help to have that extra revenue coming in from PT. Is that something that you have right
5: now or no? So currently we don't, um, and and that's, uh, that's kind of a a post COVID, um, Mm -hmm. issue, right? So we've, we, we lost the trainer that we had, um, but over the years, so my, I say, you know, I got into this because of my wife, well, she became a personal trainer, uh, and, um, and so she was our first personal trainer, uh, at the gym. Um, and really uh, the demographic of this community um a lot of it has to do with income base Uh, the other has to do with educational base Um, they they just didn't receive that well they didn't want to spend the extra money to have someone um, help them Um, they wanted to come do it on their own Uh, so we've had several personal trainers over the years Uh, none of them have um, really been very successful in, uh, attaining clients and keeping them. Um, although we've done all kinds of promotion, uh, we used to do a 60 day intro to fitness where we, we let people work with a trainer initially. Um, and, uh, you know, that was, uh, that was a way to get them, um, some kind of a relationship built with a trainer and get them to understand what a trainer can do for them, but people still weren't willing to spend the money. So, um, that's where, you know, active tracks, which is a low price point type of, uh, virtual personal trainer comes into play where we can still have an option for people to, um, <clears throat> to have that kind of guidance, um, okay. without, uh, you know, without, you know, on their schedule on their, um, you know, I guess price terms, uh, and, uh, I guess maybe, Uh, less of an intimidation factor of having somebody there.
4: So how does the gym, like using Accutrax? how does the gym benefit from that? Like, do you guys make money from that at all? Or how does that work?
5: No, that's, um, it's a retention tool, really for us. Um, If I can get people to use the program, they have something to follow. They're in the gym more. uh, They see results, they continue coming. So uh, that's really why I've kept uh, Accutrax. Uh, throughout the years, again, that's even that one is something we have cycles of people using. Um, you know, had quite a few people using, and then other times, you know, we just don't have many interested in it. Um,
4: mm-hmm. It's, hey, just if, it's kind of, if it's not costing the gym anything, I don't know why people wouldn't want to <laughs> want to use it. Yeah, I
5: mean, it's it's relatively inexpensive for us to have. Um, and then I charge a, a minimal fee for people to use it after their first month. So, nice. uh, it's really inexpensive and it's, it's a no brainer. So,
4: yeah, no, for sure. Um, okay. So you feel like the reason why PT hasn't taken off is just because like people don't see the value <clears throat> in spending the extra money, like <clears throat> when they think they could just do it on their own.
5: Yeah. I honestly, I have told people for years, if, if seal fitness was in, any of the surrounding communities um, that had a greater population, uh, we would just be kicking butt, I think. So, um, uh, you know, our PT would be better. And and honestly, I when I've done the research and, and it was, again, it was another hesitation for me getting involved in uh, this business here in this community, because I knew what the challenge was gonna be. Um, and it, it, you know, it falls back to, uh, you know, residual income and uh, education level, people understanding the, you know, the, the value.
4: Yeah, for sure. Um, okay, next question that I have for you here is, as things currently stand, you know, membership-wise, how does that work? Like, is it one specific membership? Do you kind of have different <laughs> tiers of membership? Like, what options do you have for people to take advantage of?
5: Uh, so we have a, a number of options for people. It's kind of developed over the years. Uh, you know, originally, it was, you know, one price, you got everything. Um, and then just be, because, you know, we didn't really change our pricing, but the cost of everything, you know, has gone up. Uh, we went to kind of a tiered program. Um, so we have uh, a couple of different types of memberships. We have a contract, we have a no contract um, option. Um, so the no contract's a little more money. Um, and then, uh, we have, and so that, that comes with one of our fitness classes. So you can choose one of our group fitness classes as part of that. If you want to add the rest, it's another 20 a month. Um, and then we have punch cards options for people. Um, if they just want to you know come occasionally, uh, we do the same thing for our group fitness classes. So we have separate group fitness, um, membership. If they want that, um, they can do a single class or they can pay for all classes, uh, or we have a punch card option for that too.
4: Okay, awesome. And how many members do you guys have right now?
5: Uh, we're right at 1100. So 1100. pre-COVID we're at 14. So we've done a lot of regrowth this year, which has been good.
4: Yeah, for sure. Uh, sounds like you're kind of getting closer to those COVID, pre-COVID numbers. Um, <laughs> is that 1400 kind of the sweet spot or would you guys ideally like to be on, be beyond that 1400 member mark?
5: Um, it'd be nice to have, you know, like 2,000, um, but I don't know how realistic that is. Uh, I suppose if I push the marketing harder, um, you know, we could get to that. I would rather serve, you know, 1100 people, um, and, and really change their lives and, and get them to stay versus, you know, just gyms have turnover. Um, you know, we're no different uh it's it's kind of an amazing to me that we've kept the number of uh members that we've had over the years since um you know we're a town of 8,500 people so uh it's uh, it's we've been very blessed that way so you know it's been good but i'm um, obviously the more members you can have the better um when i've kicked around the idea of lowering our price point because um, we get that from time to time well you know this gym only charges 10 a month, or this gym only charges 20 a month. Um, obviously, if I drop my price, I'd have to have more people in here. Um, and then that complicates things. So um, you have a, a busier gym, a dirtier gym, you know, so those kinds of things, um, you know, even though you do your best to keep up on it, uh, those affect your, your, your ongoing members where, you know, yeah, and it's too crowded in here. I can't get to my equipment. Um, or you know the place doesn't look the way it's. Or this machine's broken because you know it's been used or abused. Uh, so our price point right now is uh, if you do an annual membership, so you, you do a twelve month agreement, it's forty a month. Um, if you do a no contract, it's forty five. Uh, so and, and that's I mean since twenty to two thousand eight, I think our price was thirty nine a month for an annual.
4: I would never, I would never lower your prices. So I think when we think about the idea of lowering our prices, it devalues our service, um, and we should, we should never do that. You have an awesome service, clearly. Um, you know, you have eleven hundred people that are willing to spend that money every single month, and probably there's a lot more people that would be willing to spend that if they knew more about the value that you they could that you could provide in their lives. Um, for so many people, like, they just don't understand how, you know, group fitness could change their life or how a trainer or the Accutrax could change their life. Like, people just are kind of ignorant to that. Um, so what are you actively doing to kind of aid the growth process and, like, how do you find your members?
5: So um, marketing is interesting. Um, we have, we actually have an ad in our uh, our local movie theater I've I've wanted one for years Um, I finally got one a couple years ago because that's a local captive audience Um, you know so we we have uh, social media we have a website Um, and then you know we try to be involved in uh, we were we were just uh, we were just at a health fair um, a couple weeks ago Um, we try to be in you know community type events where uh, we can have a booth and we uh, sometimes we do a uh, finished class demonstration we didn't get a chance to do that this year um, at the health fair I'm hoping to bring that back next year um, <clears throat> we try to do uh, charity promotions those kinds of things that draw people in um, and, uh, and then of course you know there, there's just free trial offers getting members to you know bring in friends that kind of thing
4: yep yeah so it sounds like a lot of word of mouth with the events, like it's going to generate that word of mouth, people start talking, we do a little bit of that guerrilla marketing with, um, you know, having the the relationship with the movie theater, having an ad running in the movie theater, and people go to the movie theater, naturally, they're going to see your ad, and again, that's going to generate word of mouth. You also mentioned there that you have a website, you have um, some social media, and I think in today's day and age being, especially since 2020, we're living in a much more digital world, so by us having a presence on Facebook, on Instagram. It's really good for our business because people are spending a substantial amount of time more than ever on Facebook, on Instagram. So kind of talk about your presence there. Is it all organic? Do you guys run paid advertisements in those places? Kind of what does that look like for the business?
5: So I do a little of both. Um, So, you know, we for the organic, it's, you know, um, I... I use more resources now. For a while, I had actually had a marketing person, which was amazing because that takes up so much of my time. Um, again, that was a pre-COVID thing. Um, but uh, you know, most of, most of what I do is just organic. We you know we post stuff just to be out there so people can see it. Uh, but then uh, if you run promotions, that kind of thing, I do. I'll do I'll do paid. Um, I'll do paid promotions, paid ads, um, and uh, those seem to work pretty well.
4: Yeah, no, I would agree. I think for me personally in my CrossFit gym, if I didn't run paid ads, I think that that I'd still be struggling. Um, that was like the one thing for us that was like, wow, this really works. Um, you mentioned there that you had a marketing person pre-COVID. Um, why is that something that you haven't, you know, reinvested in post-pandemic?
5: Um, finding resources in this community is tough. Uh, and I'm kind of particular. i you know um, the person that I had. Uh, you know we gelled really well. Um, she really understood where I was coming from, my concepts. Uh, you know the the quality. Uh, it, it, it was it was just a, a good relationship, and um, and they promoted well. They did quality work. Um, and then, well, we're just coming to uh, a revenue point where we could afford a person again. Um, and um so I'm I'm hoping to uh I'm, I'm hoping to find that person um because that uh, really for me is key because they did all my in-house marketing um as well because we did quite a bit of that. Um just you know promoting the options for people and um, just trying to keep people motivated. Uh, understanding why they're here and you know people come in because they know they should Uh, maybe their doctors mentioned it. maybe they just you know they know that they need to to take better care of themselves but they don't really know what that means um or 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 how you know how it relates to their quality of life essentially i mean around here beer and cheetos in front of the tv watching the game is you know quality of life so uh you you don't have to be active to do that
4: (laughs) yeah 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 no for sure <laughs> um
5: which is unfortunate because this is a i mean we live at the base of um you know the the cascades and it's it's amazing here um you know a lot of people are going uh, to hunting and fishing and hiking and that kind of thing um and you know we're here to promote that the other you know nine months out of the year when it's nasty outside
4: yeah oh yeah Uh, I grew up in Maine, so I understand the nasty weather, um, good percentage of the year, like 10 months out of the year. Um, Okay, you kind of mentioned there, you know, obviously you worked with somebody and you guys together really well and she understood sort of, um, you know, what exactly that you wanted. I think that's the hard part for a lot of people in this industry. Like we go and we look to find somebody to help us with the marketing thing. And there's like a million marketing agencies out there, but we have to find one that understands um, what we want in this fitness industry. Because marketing for the fitness industry looks a lot different than marketing for the restaurant down the road or the local chiropractor. Like this is different um, and it has to be approached diff- a lot differently. Um, and not only, I mean,
5: yes, and, and that's true, but it, it's also, I mean, we're yours, uh, you know, we're, 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 one gym outfit so you know we don't we're not a franchise we don't have multiple gyms in multiple places um you know it's a small town gym in a small town and um and there's you know there's some there's some marketing uh know-how that you have to have for you know for for promoting to local uh, people mm-hmm. so uh you know plus it's it's my gym so um you know, in order for me to uh, get behind it and 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 promote it, it has to fit. You know, it has to fit me as well. So, um, I w- I've been working over the last uh, year and a half or so um, with Pat rigsby who talks a lot about uh, you know creating the ideal business, and the ideal business is really one that enhances your life, not uh, one that you know you you. It takes away you know what i'm saying and um, that you work yourself to death trying to to maintain it and i mean it should be an extension of you if, it, if it's something that you really want to enjoy um you know i i stayed into this so in 2018 the partnership decided to sell and so that's what we were going to do um and i was right on board with that because i was kind of ready for the change um but uh you know by the grace of god things change and then uh there was this option um, and where I really didn't think there was going to be enough money in it for it to make sense, actually by the partners, uh, I was enlightened as to the fact that there was And uh, yeah, granted I could make more money in the corporate world, you know, with benefits and all that, but this, this is for my quality of life. I, I love what I do. I love helping other people. Um, I love serving other people. So, but at the same time, you know, I, I want to. I wanted it to to fit my personality and how I want to serve people. So it's hard to find, you know, marketing strategies that work with that. So everyone that I find, oh, I like that, but I have to put my twist on it. And it's so over the years, the people that I've worked with um, as mentors and coaches, they're like, oh, you need to let them, you know, just take that over. You give them the concept. And sometimes that works. And sometimes it doesn't most of the time it, it didn't because um, I would always find myself wanting to tweak it um and yeah and, and I and I get the feedback I get was just you know hands off let them do it they're the, they're the pros said, but they don't know my community they don't know my community they don't know my they don't know my business so um I I am hands on all of my marketing for that reason
4: and, and I think that that's not necessarily a bad thing. And I do think that it does help to work with a marketing agency that is specific to this industry because they can understand more, like, like you said, they don't know my community, community. Um, but if they really understand the fitness side of things, it does help to kind of pair with your knowledge of your community. The two go hand in hand and create kind of a good partnership there. Um, what would you consider, like if I were to hand you a magic wand, kind of, your dreams all your goals for steelhead fitness came true you reached them all kind of i like to call that my disney question um what would that that picture look like for you
0: um
5: so honestly i i feel like i'm not far from it um i so ideally i would like to have uh, if i could wave a magic wand right next to me would be um a, an amazing marketing person. Um, and then, um, and then I, I, I think what I would what I would ask for the ability to possess is um, the the ability to be more creative in uh, in the education realm. How do I get how do I get across to people um, you know what it is that uh, you know we can do for them and mm-hmm. how it'll affect our you know when it comes to the fitness industry there's people that come um and uh you know they dabble in it and they never really experience a difference um what i would love is to get people in and really apply uh the whole concept um of health and fitness um to their life so they feel it it's cuz once people feel the difference
4: mm-hmm.
5: they're ho- they're hooked and they I, and even if they fall away, because everyone falls away, everyone goes through cycles, right, they're, they're avid about something, and something happens and knocks them off, and before they know, they go, wow, uh, I felt so much better when I was doing this, I need to get back to that, and so they do, um, and, you know, it's, it's been kind of a painful learning curve uh, for me as a business owner and the fitness industry watching that happen, because you see people so doing so well for a while, and then, Suddenly, they're not coming, and you know. The next thing you know, they go. Well, I'm not using it, so they quit. Um, but eventually, you see them back because you know they've they felt the difference, and and they want to be back in it. So that would be my magic wand: is how is it is being able to affect people enough that they feel the difference, and and they want it. They want to keep it going.
4: Yeah, kind of teaching that sustainable like lifestyle. Uh, healthy lifestyle to people um there's so many like fads out there and people kind of fall into that trap of trying the fad and then they burn their bridge have a horrible experience and they have this nasty idea of like what health and wellness is in their head and they don't understand that like it doesn't have to be like that like i can still work out only two or three days a week and you know eat a nice balanced diet and feel freaking awesome about myself um yeah and it's hard because it's it's so just being able to um share that with your members and your community and and just get help more people change more lives um i mean that's for sure why i'm in this industry is i love helping people and it sounds like you're kind of that same type of mindset you love to change people's lives and make them feel good again um what is the website what's the instagram where can our listeners go to find you guys online?
5: So we are at steelheadfitness.com um, and then uh, uh, Steelhead fitness is where you'll find us on Instagram and uh, uh, Facebook.
4: So yeah,
5: so yeah, we're kind of, we're kind of easy as far as that goes.
4: Okay, cool. Well, Dave, thanks for being here today, talking about your business, sharing your insight, your knowledge on the industry. We appreciate you taking time out of your day. Listeners, thanks for tuning in. Don't forget, if you want to stay notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. And if you want to join us for an episode here at the Jim Lords podcast, fill out the link in the description. We'll be in touch with you soon. As always, until next time, Jim Lords out.
0: Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors.
6: What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I will be your host today. My name is JJ Hernandez. And joining us on the show today is a very special guest. It is the one and only Julie Jones with Excellence Wellness Solutions out of Atlanta, Georgia. Julie, what is going on? Happy Friday. How are you feeling today?
3: I feel great. Thank you so much for having me on, JJ.
6: Yeah, we appreciate you being here. We're excited to have you on. And I think we're about ready to dive into the nitty gritty of what you have going on here with Excellence Wellness Solutions. But first, we want to take a step back and give the viewers a little perspective here, Julie. So if you can, in your own words, how would you describe Excellence Wellness Solutions and what you do?
3: So we actually started in 2005 as Excellence in Exercise, a private personal training studio. At that time, we were a two-person shop um, and really focused solely on -on one-on-one and small group training. Um, But over the last almost 17 years now, we have grown and expanded our services and now we do we do still have our studio um, in Atlanta, excellence and exercise, but we also do a lot more work in corporate fitness and wellness um, and provide services and programs that really take a more holistic view of wellness. Fitness, of course, being our our mainstay, what we've always um, done, and kind of our bread and butter, but Um, but also now expanding that out to partner with other programs and bring in other staff members that have expertise in other areas of wellness.
6: I love that. I love that. And I appreciate the explanation there. I think it definitely suits, uh, that's a great explanation for a lot of the viewers here. And so let's start with the bare bones basics question here, uh, Julie, how many members, or if you regard them as clients, how many are you serving currently?
3: We do not really have gym memberships. We do um, treat our clientele more as clients, at least in our personal training studio. And that's a great question. It's been a while since I've really taken a look at our full roster to see how many people um, we have. But I would um, definitely say it's in the couple hundred range of people who are in and out of our space. And then when you look at the... People that our programs touch outside of our studio, um, employees that work for companies that we work with, tenants and their employees um, of properties where we manage their gyms. Um, you know, you're getting into the thousands of people that have the opportunity to interact with us through our programs.
6: That's awesome. That's awesome. And and I think uh, another piggyback question on this is is I guess. What's been the best method of getting new people interested and through the door?
3: Almost always the people who come to us come through referral. And that's really true for both our personal training clients as well as our corporate clients. Um, We definitely feel like word of mouth and us just doing a great job at what we do um, is the best way to generate new business.
6: Gotcha. And, uh, and I guess another good question here is let's say leads, traffic, clients, all these things were unlimited. I mean, hypothetically speaking, of course, I mean, how much higher could you go than where you're at now?
3: we're always looking to grow and to be able to do that, we're looking for great people to join our team to help us with that growth. So um, I certainly don't want to put a limit on anything because with the right personnel, um, we we don't have a lot of limits in how much we can grow and how many people we can serve. And so, um, you know, we're always looking for wonderful new trainers Um wellness professionals people in nutrition um, registered dietitians psychiatrists therapists that we can partner with to do other programs um so that we can reach more people so i don't want to put a limit on it
6: the sky's yeah. the limit <laughs> yes, i love the answer I like, <laughs> there are no answers and i think that's a, a great answer there and um now i i guess I, i'm gonna ask a little bit of a longer winded question here but a good question in itself right and i think um uh, I guess if you need me to repeat anything by all means, just just go ahead and ask because I think it's it's a little longer, but I'll try to word it as as best as possible. I'll, I'll focus on word economy here. So um if if, if you had to say, right, because in the three pillars, there's three pillars of, of business that we use most predominantly in um in the fitness and gym world, right? And so that's gonna be your lead generation, which is just your marketing, right? Getting people through the door. Then you have your acquisition, which is your sales and then your retention and ascension which is keeping your clients longer but getting them to buy more from you in that process. So, Julie, of those three, where do you feel like you guys could improve the most?
0: Mhm.
3: Okay, so name the three again. One yeah, is uh,
6: lead generation marketing, okay, right? Mm-hmm. Acquisition, sales, right? Getting somebody from interested to a paying client, and then your retention and ascension, keeping your clients longer but getting them to buy more from you in that process?
3: I think we probably are doing a fairly good job of retention and also um, growing clients, although we're not um, really a high pressure sales environment. We want people to work with us because they want to be with us. Um, And so we don't ever want anyone to feel like they are obligated to be with us. We want them there because they want to be there and because our we provide excellent service. Um, I think that we probably are at a point where we could be doing a better job of making sure that more people know about what we're who we are and what we're doing, and so we are um, actively working on that um, with a website redesign recently, and kind of adding some just additional, you know, trying to get the word out a little bit more, um, and doing a better job of of making sure that other people who don't already know us um, have the opportunity to know a little bit more about what we do.
6: Yeah, and that's amazing. I think that's such a great point because. Uh, And one, I want to say, I appreciate the honesty, transparency, like regardless of success, the fact that you can submit, you can improve in certain places, I think is a a big perspective shift for the viewers, because some people hear the numbers that you're at, and they're like, improve? Seriously? (laughs) But No, I mean, there are
3: always things that we can do to get better. And, um, and there are always things that businesses, we're still a small business, we, you know, um, and that we, we struggle with. Um, And so I, I definitely think that there are there are going to always be ways that we can do things better.
6: Yeah, yeah. And I, I appreciate the honesty there. And so um, last two questions for you, Julie, my two favorite questions. You know, what's the bigger picture for you? What are you guys trying to accomplish long-term?
3: I think we, our goal is always to provide impactful and meaningful programs to people, whether they are, someone who is coming into our studio for a one-on-one session or in a group, or if it's a larger organization that is looking for um, someone to come in and help their employees or um, a property manager who would like to make their gym a more inviting space. We want everything that we do to be able to reach people in a meaningful way. And so that's always our goal, regardless of whether someone comes to us as a personal training client or as an organization who wants to impact a much larger group of people, is that we are able to provide those programs um, that are going to be the most meaningful. And so that really means everything that we do is very custom. So whether you're a client coming in, that trainer is going to work with you one-on-one to create a program that is specifically for you. Um, or if it's an organization, we do the same thing and take the same approach. We want to look at what they specifically need and try to build and develop programs that are going to help them achieve their goals Um, not just take something that is, you know, I I like to say nothing that we do is cookie cutter. And what we can do is we take our, you know, the experience that we've gained by working with other clients and we look at what has worked in the past, but we're always looking for new ways um, to be able to reach people. And again, providing those programs that are, um, that are really meaningful and that make a difference to people and help them to be healthier you know to to impact their their wellness um and um and to really have 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 an impact
6: i love that that was a mic drop of an answer but we have one more question for you here <laughs> <That would've laughs> sorry awesome. i feel
3: like I, I rambled a little bit there no, that but... was a
6: great response i mean that was that was a, a, an impactful response i mean that i mean that i mean <laughs> if it was a wrap-up question that would have been awesome but we have one more one more and i'm excited to see your answer on this one now um, so,
0: you know, Julie, uh, Oh, did I lose you? Hmm. Uh, you were frozen. Yeah.
6: So,
3: <laughs> okay. Can you
6: hear me? There we go. I thought Are I lost you for a second. I'm yeah, just, you no,
3: I did. Yes. I'm, okay. I'm sorry. looks like my connection may not be.
6: No, totally fine. You got for for, there we go. We can edit that part out. So it's not a big deal. Um, so I'm glad. I'm glad uh, we did not get disconnected there. So um the last question for you here, favorite question of the day, and curious to see your response here. You know, Julie, if you can go back in time to when you first started the business, sit yourself down with the knowledge you have now and give yourself that one piece of advice you think you really needed to hear when you first started, what would that advice be for you?
3: That's a great question. Um, My husband, who's also my business partner, he always says we always want to um, over-deliver and that we never want to take on more than, you know, we kind of want this small, sustainable growth over time. And I think that is excellent advice for anyone who is, either starting a business or just trying to grow their business or, you know, even to remind myself of today that we can't always do everything that we want to do at once. And so, um, you know, finding ways to just continue to grow and, um, and serve your clients in the best way that you possibly can, um, knowing that, you know, it takes time to, to to do all the things that you want to do. And so, you know, being patient with yourself and um, and kind of knowing that it's going to take a little bit longer, maybe than we would all all like for things to take. Um, but you know, having a plan and just um, making sure that you know what you want to do, and um, and then a lot of the times things will fall into place um, if you kind of know really where you you want to go. But kind of having that patience and then not being afraid to just sometimes, if you know that something is right, to just go ahead and do it. Like, if you feel like you really need to um, make a shift, if you um, feel like you would, there's an opportunity, um, I would just say a lot of times, we can, we can think and plan ourselves to death. and, And sometimes you have to just Go for it and do it. If you feel like something is, is the right move for you and your business and your clients.
6: I let it sit for a second because I wasn't another, another mic dropping. <laughs> there we go, Julie. It's a good place to wrap things up on this episode. But before we sign out, Julie, I mean, please shout out your social media, any Instagram, Facebook, website, anything you have. Where can people find out more about you and Excellence, excellence Wellness Solutions?
3: Yeah, we would love for people to go and visit our website. It is www.excellencewellnesssolutions.com and our um, Instagram and Facebook and LinkedIn are all at the same handle at Excellence Wellness Solutions. And and we would love to connect with you and hear from you and um, meet other business owners and gym owners that, um, that we might be able to collaborate with.
6: There we go. There we go. Julie, we absolutely appreciate your time and contribution to the podcast. And I look forward to seeing what you can accomplish down the road. If you don't mind sticking around for two more seconds, Julie, just want to let you know how you can access the podcast. I would appreciate it. I'm just going to sign everybody else out over here. Okay. Great. And to everybody else tuning in today, we appreciate you as well. Don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit the like and subscribe button. And if you want to come in, join us and talk about your fitness business, click the link in the description. Fill it out and our team will be in touch with you very, very soon. And as always, till next time, Gym Lords
0: out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets, at alex'sbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alex'sgroup.com.